Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. So our theme this week has been love your enemies. What if I told you there is one enemy you cannot love? And it's not Satan. And not only can you not love this enemy, to love this enemy is going to be your utter undoing. Doesn't that kind of go against everything we've been talking about this week? Would appear. Yeah. And I'm sure you can put two and two together, Boom Crew. You guys are smart. Can't bamboozle you. (laughs) But the fact is, do we talk about it enough? The enemy I'm talking about is self. The one we look at in the mirror when we get up in the morning. And let me illustrate this for you practically. Let's be really simple about this. I've had this crazy thing. By the way, been getting major victory for about three weeks, four weeks, over migraines. Oh, praise God. And that's a big deal for me. I don't talk about this a lot, Boom Crew, but there was a time in my life recently when I would get these things I mean, and I couldn't find anything to kick them. And I was doing everything that God gave me wisdom or insight to do. I would go keto diet. I would, I would uh, hit, hit heavy, uh, different home remedies that were like natural foods that have some efficacy with regard to dealing with migraines. I would sure. try lots of different things. I, I, no kidding, guys. I've probably... I've done everything that I could possibly imagine. I even checked my testosterone levels because low T can actually create a pretty significant migraine issue. No, I got great testosterone, which I should have thought because I'm I'm fully man and I've got energy to go. But I thought maybe <laughs> that sounds a little weird, didn't it? A little bit. Just a little bit. But I thought maybe I had because you see these low T commercials everywhere. I thought. Maybe I got low T. I mean, it's a thing that happens, guys, especially for us older dudes. There's a little gift wrappings coming down the road for you as you get older, Young Thunder. Thank you. That might be one you get to unwrap one day. Thank you. So there's all these things that I was pursuing to try to get these migraines fixed. And by the way, they were no laughing matter. Sure. Allie's seen them once or twice. Well, I mean, they've come on sometimes during the show and you're able to sometimes hold it off until you leave here and then it. Bam. Yeah. And I've been a, I, I, I take no prescription meds. I've been a healthy guy. I've never had a broken bone. In all the crazy stuff I've done in my life. Really? I've never broken a bone okay, in my no, body. That's surprising. That's Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. Now I got scars all over my body. But never broken a bone. But I'd never broken a bone. Hmm. But God's given me some measure of victory over that. And I don't know what it's related to. Quite frankly, it could be related to, and I don't, I'm not a doctor, but it could be related to the fact that I've been taking good amount of raw ginger powder in a drink, in a drink in the morning and at night. And ginger has huge efficacy with regard to migraine headaches. Okay. And the last thing I'm going to do is get on these migraine drugs. Never, no way. But God's been giving me grace. I have not had one of those that ranks in the I, I scale from one to 10. My wife would ask me, what's it at? When it's at a nine or a 10, oh, baby. Yeah. So that's awesome. But I did everything that I could do to tackle that thing. But sometimes the greatest enemy is, is self, and it's because we don't do what we know we need to do. Yeah. Let me give you an example. I think I am one of the world's most inconsistent worker-outers. The good thing for me is that I keep getting back on the horse and riding. Mm -hmm. I keep going back. I keep getting back. So yesterday, I went on a couple of speed walks, one to a meeting and one back from a meeting that was a long haul, and it was great, and I'm doing anything to gamify working out, anything I can to gamify it. But here's what I know that I know. The Holy Spirit has revealed to me. Carl, as you get older, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You got to move it, move it. 
<laughs> I mean, I almost hear that song rolling. You yeah. got to move, mm-hmm. man. And I know that the Lord has revealed that to me, and he's put in my lap the choice, almost like the choice that Israel had. I set before you today life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. And I propose to you today, Boom Crew, that the greatest enemy is looking at us in the mirror every morning. How do we know this? The last verse in the book of Judges explains the decline of a nation. Not the enemies around them. Not the fortified armies. Not the strong kings. Not any of that. Listen to what happened here. You got it? Judges 21, 25. Yeah. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. When we do what is right in our own eyes... And in the new covenant, not what the Holy Spirit tells us, do this. You guys ever had that before where the Holy Spirit tells you something to clearly do Mm -hmm. and we don't do it? Absolutely. to not do something and you do it anyway. Yeah, or to not do something, you do it anyway. Because what do we have? We're doing what is right in our own eyes. So on this Freedom Friday... You know what I want you and I to get freedom from and continually stay in the fight for it? Will it ever be mastered? Nope. Nope. Because we will not be perfected until we get to heaven. But we can have great measures of victory by agreeing with the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit says, I want you to do this or I don't want you to do that, we agree. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we move with it. Isn't that awesome? It is. It's hard, but it's awesome. So we got a fun question out of the shoot here for you today. I want to ask you, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? Here's what I want you to do. Or as Ali said, this is what I want you to not do. (laughs) And God has given you the power, the conviction And resurrection power, according to Ephesians 3, that's likened unto raising Christ from the dead. Excuse me, that's stated in Revelation, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 3, but it's really fleshed out in Ephesians 1 in a prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. What is that thing that you know the Holy Spirit is telling you? You start doing this, you're going to have great freedom and victory in your life. You stop doing this, you're going to get great freedom or victory in your life because you know that God has given you yourself the ability to be a victor or get a loss because it always is true. The greatest enemy in our life invariably is looking at us in the mirror. I got a resource for you coming up that is unbelievable. One of the best resources I've ever pulled off Desiring God. It is so good. The resurrected power of Christ has given us all we need for life and godliness. And the only thing we need to do is submit ourselves to the one who wins all wars. Or we'll find ourselves being our greatest enemy. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, the interesting thing about the Iditarod Trail Race is that there's obstacles out the wazoo. You can imagine. Oh, yeah. You've heard me tell the story many times, Allie. What are the big obstacles on the Iditarod? Oh, wow. The, the length of the race. Okay, the length. Uh, the elements. I mean, you're running for days, days and days on end through snow and ice and all everything in between. Distance, elements, right on. Uh, your own physical Body and your dogs, the health of your team. Health of the team, right on. That's excellent. Own physical body for sure. You know what the biggest battle on the Anditarod? What's that? Between the years, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's many temptations to just quit. Oh, there's temptations galore to just quit. I mean, around every corner. Or just take a diversion. Or stay in a checkpoint too long. Or go when you shouldn't go. Remember, yeah. I had that wise counsel leaving Shaktulik headed yeah. for Koyak, and the, the the elder of the village told me, Carl, don't go. 
I'll never forget it, man. I mean, that echoes in my head still. How weird is that? I was 18 years old. I still hear. It was a big moment. Carl, don't go. I'm sure you heard it a lot when you were out on the ice. Oh, yeah, man. I was (laughs) like, I didn't listen to that guy. Because I thought I was a dead man. I honestly did. You see, here's the thing. We don't have to be freaked out by this. But when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, what a blessing. Yeah. Because we have an opportunity to respond. But what do we find at the end of the last verse of the book of Judges? Why was Israel hurting? Judges 21, 25 says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The greatest enemy of the church, the greatest enemy of the family, the greatest enemy greater than all the forces of evil. And you might say, is that true, Carl? I've got a resource for you that takes this exegetically through there, and it is beautiful. Pastor from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, phenomenal article. I think it's titled The Greatest Enemy of the Church, and it is epic. But the greatest enemy of the church, the greatest enemy of the family, the greatest enemy of self is, and that keeps us from great freedom, is self. Yeah. It's, we are our own worst enemy. We are our own worst enemy. I mean, how many times have we seen the stories of people that superseded the environment that they were raised in and got mm-hmm. victories in their life? Yeah. We have huge power that's been given us, both in natural law, yep. right? Yeah. And in supernatural law in the new covenant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we asked a question here. And we're getting some good response. Yeah, we asked you, what is that thing that the Holy Spirit is telling you to do or not do that if you followed through, you'd get some real victory? We've got responses. Uh, Be consistent in reading his word. Uh, Spend even more time with him in prayer. Uh, Follow a healthy food plan. Speak God's truth and word over my life and stop speaking negatively. And this one, listening to Carl and crew while walking on a treadmill instead of laying down in bed. These are little, but they're huge. How can little things be huge in our life, guys? How can they? How can, I, how can little things become huge things? I think our day is built up of a ton of little things, not Boom! three big things, you know? So every moment we have a ton of little choices to make, and that is what consists of our day and our life as a whole. And so the little things, maybe one, just doing one, doesn't feel like a big change at first, but it will have big impact the more you keep that little change happening and the more little changes you make. It's so true. Yesterday, I was getting ready to go to a meeting, and I looked down at my phone, and I thought, I wonder how far it is to walk there. Mm. So I mapped it. It said, if you leave now, you'll be one minute late. And I thought... I can walk faster than this phone says walking speed is. Sure. And then I was faced with this choice. We've all faced this. You know exactly sure. what it feels like. You're yeah. sitting there and it's like, what am I going to do? Moment of decision. Yeah, moment of decision. And in an instant, I even told my bride later, I just agreed with the Holy Spirit and I said, let's go. I put on a raincoat and I got up and I went walking. Now, when I was at the meeting, I had an option. I had an offer for a ride home, but I'd already told the Lord, I hear your voice. I'm going to walk back. And in a moment of, for me, great victory, because it's true, Young Thunder, these little victories, they are weird little things. Oftentimes we think, I've got to set the world on fire today. I've got to do this. I got to become this worker outer that's, you know what? You know how you become a worker outer? Today, work out. Yeah. This today <laughs> exactly and so i put on my and i looked outside and it was raining pretty good but i had a raincoat and i thought my jeans will get a little wet let's go and you know what i had the sweetest prayer time walking home sweet it was the sweetest prayer time i'm walking down a sidewalk no one's outside so i'm just talking to god out loud just rattling off just chatting with him man it was awesome guys sometimes We have thought the greatest enemy is Satan and demons and people that are being used by Satan and demons. According to Scripture, and Allie's got another one for you here, greatest enemy is ourself. It's just a reality. Coming up, we got a resource for you that you are going to absolutely love. This is is dynamite. It's hard-hitting, but it's dynamite. We'll get it to you. 
everything you need to start your day right. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. The interesting thing about the greatest battles that we face, and we've been talking about them all week long, we know that we've got battles, spiritual realm battles. We know that we've got words that rattle around in our brain from reckless parents, and all parents have had a reckless moment, so no one's immune to this. I don't care how great the parent is, there are going to be moments where we screw it up. Listen, Janet Partial last night, and... um, they were tackling a great topic, and that is all parents coming to this world going, boy, there's things I want to do that my parents did, maybe, sure. and things I don't want to do. Yeah. And guess what? When you have kids, they'll say the same thing about you. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So we got to get over ourselves a yeah. little bit. And let me read an excerpt from this link that we're going to give you. Friends, the greatest threat to the church is not ISIS or Planned Parenthood. It's not Hollywood. It's not atheist professors who ruin the faith of our sweet Christian college freshmen, parenthetically, who must not have been truly Christian in the first place if they fell away so quickly. That is true, by the way. And the greatest enemies are not secular politicians and Supreme Court judges or greedy corporations who hurt the poor and destroy the environment. These challenges are real. The reality of babies killed, chopped, and sold to scrap metal is evil. And the Canaanite general, Sisera, and he was evil, who oppressed the people of Israel cruelly and raped, captured women, was evil too. However, it was the people of God. It was when the people of God, quote, abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth, Judges 2.13, when their faith lost its purity and fidelity and when internal, not external, idolatry became pandemic that the cookie crumbled. Hard-hitting truth. It really is. Now, here's the hope in this thing. On this Freedom Friday, I'm going to tell you right now, we've been talking about loving your enemies all week long, but here's one enemy you can no longer love. And if you woke up kind of in love with it, you got to break it. We can't love ourselves. We can't do what is right in our own eyes. And in this new covenant, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us. This is why we talk often around here about being aware and alert to the power of the Holy Spirit and what he's saying in this very moment. So then is the we certainly don't want to hate ourselves, right? We don't want to love ourselves. But what's the knowing who we are in Jesus Christ and our identity that is in him submitting our will to him, because that's the reality. We all have free will. Even after we're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, we have a free will. And the only question is, and by the way, how do we know we can't love self and that it could be the greatest enemy? Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Self-denial, did you know that it is the gateway to authentic faith? Right. We've talked about that before, that we think that it's something that we one day as a super saint arrive at this point where we can deny self. Yeah. It's actually... Christianity 101. So self-denial and self-loathing are two different things. Self-loathing is out of the pit of hell. Self-denial is a victory banner that Jesus raised for us. It's a powerful thing, guys. So we got a resource for you right now. Yeah, if you want this article from Desiring God, uh, Carl just quoted from it a minute ago, just text the word enemy and we'll send you the link. Text enemy to 312-274-9624. Enemy to 312-274-9624. It's amazing. I want to give you some hope. One little step of agreement, denying self, listening to the power of the spirit in your life will build some victory even today on this Freedom Friday. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. You know, we're talking today about freedom and we're hitting an angle that's very important. So we've been talking about love your enemies, but there's one enemy you just simply cannot love. And that is yourself. 
In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And oftentimes we think self-denial, man, that's the that's the pinnacle of Christianity. When you deny yourself, you go to a foreign country and you, you know, it's like old time missions. You send out all your goods to a foreign land in a pine box that you will be buried in one day. That's how missions used to roll, by the way. Isn't that wild? They used to go to a mission field and they would send out their stuff in the pine box that they would be buried in. Wow. Now, <laughs> that's some future planning, man. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It does okay. sound crazy. But here's, here's, the, here's the reality. That self-denial is not high road Christianity. It's the path for abundant living. And when we think about freedom, sometimes we think self-denial is robbing us of freedom, but in reality, it's giving us freedom. It's enabling us to actually walk in true freedom, yeah. which is only found in Christ. Yeah. So we got a question for you. We're going to tweak it a little bit. Here we go. Take it away, Alex. Yeah, it's Freedom Friday. We want to know, when did you realize that you were the problem? You were your own worst enemy. We can spend many years blaming a lot of different people who have in, in many ways wronged us. We can look to our family of origin that failed us. We can look to our circumstances that were less than ideal. We can look at where we were raised or where we weren't raised or what we had or what we didn't have. We can find many people, circumstances, places, situations to blame, but we have to get to the point where we go, I am my biggest problem. I am my own worst enemy. And until I deal with that, there is no hope. When did you realize that you were the problem? You were your own worst enemy. 312-274-9624. Yeah, come on. You can even call in on this one. 312-274-9624. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. When did you realize that you were your own worst enemy? You know, it can be very tempting in a lot of different ways to cast blame so many other places for why we are the way we are, for why we face the problems that we do, for why we aren't further. Well, all of these things, we can look at people, we can look at situations and circumstances and go, well, this, if I had this, or if I didn't have to deal with this, but we have to get to that point of brokenness where we go, my biggest problem is me. Yeah. And it's, it's a battle because here's, here's what you need to understand. We had someone text in and said, what about the person, and I believe it's probably speaking of themselves, that's gone through a violent assault? Two things can coexist at one time, and this is hard to hear, but it's a reality. We can both have gone through brutal situations in this world, and the, in, the greatest enemy of our soul can still be ourself. It, it's just a living reality. How do we know this? We say it all the time here. We're born with our backs to God. God is wanting to reconcile our soul to him to redeem our soul, to grow up our soul. And here's the beauty. You want the real hope in this? If you can resist focusing on the offense or the offender and look into the mirror and go, God, search me, know me, try me, you're going to be the bigger winner for it, man. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I do say this with all sympathy and compassion that, Sometimes ourselves being our own enemy, we convince ourselves to hang on to the things that other people have done to us to an unhealthy degree, uh, you know, to to sit in our pain and not heal from our pain because of what this person has done to us. And that's ourselves being our enemy too, convincing us to just sit and to hurt and to not heal. Uh, that that can be something we do to ourselves as well. I, boom. Boom, brother. It's hard. It is hard. I've done that. I've done that. I did that, and I got a call from the best man in my wedding, one of the best calls I ever got in my life. And I'll tell you about it coming up. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. How easy is it to get cynical about the church? So easy. Very much so. Oh, man. So I went through a tough deal a lot of years ago. I've gone through two tough deals that could have made me really cynical about the church. 
more than that. Come on, I'm a pastor. Are you kidding me, Carl, yeah. too? Okay, maybe a few more than yeah, two. Yeah, a few more than two, but two big ones. Okay. And I came back from Africa, and I was going through a really tough time. To the point where I'm, I'm sitting at this church worship service, and in my heart, I'm like judging everyone on the stage. Mm. And by the way, if you're that person, don't do that to yourself. Can I just tell you that right now? Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. You know why? You're the biggest loser in the process. You're losing. To, to, to sit back and to be cynical and even have a hint of self-righteousness. And I'm not judging you. I'm just, I'm just warning you. Don't do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's empty carbs, man. And it, it's, it robs you of the joy of being a part of the body of Christ. Yeah, it rips you off Kind of just end up being like a, like, you know, remember Roger Niebert? Roger Niebert? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go and How you do you remember up. that? Yeah. They, and you would say so they, they were famous movie critics. And yeah. so they'd go and they'd watch a movie and then they'd write their thoughts. Don't be that at church where you show up and you sit back and you go, well, I like this, don't really like this. Eh, this was okay. I'd give it a C plus. Yeah, it's not it's not healthy, man. Not it's just way not to healthy. It's a part of the church, man. I mean, do, are there things that we look at and evaluate? Absolutely. Yeah. But even if even if you leave, don't leave stomping like you're trying to get mud out of the cleats of your hiking boots. I mean, just everyone needs to chill out. So yeah. I was in that mode where I'm like I was judging jury on the church. At large, writ large, man, everything about it. Just And it was about a two-week period. And my, my bride, I'm pretty newlywed. We got two little teeny kids, man. And my, my bride said, after the fact, she said, I felt for the first time what it might be like to be married to an unbeliever. Mm. Because I was so ticked off that yeah. I was kind of checking out. So it was about a two-week stretch. My buddy, who was best man in my wedding, Joe Galindo, he called me up. How you doing? Said, not good. What's going on? So I shared the whole story with him. And he said, Carl, stop. <laughs> You're going to let a few people that have done a couple of stupid things steal your joy? Is that the Carl I know? Mm. Now you get up tomorrow morning after a good night's sleep. You crack open your Bible. You get back on your knees and start walking with Jesus. Those are his exact words. Wow. He says, this is garbage. This is garbage. And so what he was telling you <laughs> in that moment, had those things happen, the betrayal or whatever it was that caused you to be bitter, he didn't even address those things. No. But what he told you is basically you're living beneath yeah. your call. Yes. What God's extended to you. You're living beneath that. So let's get back. You know what Joe did for me? He held up a mirror to my face and yeah. said, how's this looking, big boy? Mm. How's this looking? You got a good man when you got a friend like that. By the way, Joe was not given to that kind of behavior. I was the type A guy. Yeah. But he got up in my grill. That's what you needed that, that day. Oh, boy. It shocked me. Truth be told, I'm like on the phone going. At first, I was ticked. In my heart, I'm like, Because we'll be you want the to friend to be way. like, yeah, get those guys. <laughs> they have no right. Look what they've done. The, the church, way, man. Can't trust them. Yeah. You're right, Allie. Yeah, but those friends are a dime a dozen. I know. The commiserating, the I'm going to heap on, whatever it is that you say, I'm going to back you up. And we want loyalty and friendship for sure. But we also want friends who are going to tell us, hey, there's another way of seeing this. On this Freedom Friday, we're here to tell you that the greatest freedom you can get is from yourself. So when did you realize I'm the problem? I'm my own worst enemy. 312-274-9624. Uh, Jim, first time caller in Chicago. Give it to us, man. What do you say? I, I struggled with alcoholism for quite a few years. I blamed God for my problems. I blamed everybody else for my problems. And on January 16th of 2000, 
I just couldn't do it anymore. I got on my knees. I asked God for help. I prayed to him. I said, I I can't do this alone. All of a sudden, I had this overwhelming feeling that things were going to be okay. I've been sober almost 24 years now, and things never derailed. I mean, life hasn't been perfect. It's had its ups and downs. That's part of God's plan for me. But I take it in stride. I know that there's going to be a tomorrow, and tomorrow will be better. And it's this brought me closer to God and my faith, and nothing happens for a reason or for a, by chance. Everything happens for happens a reason. For a reason that's all in God's plan. Yeah, it's awesome, Jim. Jim, this is this is a profound statement. You blamed everyone else, even for your alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, I I always looked at everybody else and thought, how how is their life perfect, and mine is so so bad. You know, nothing just ever goes right for me. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it, it took God, God had to teach me a lesson. God had to teach me that I was not the center of the world. There, there's many times that I, I feel that I probably should have died, but I didn't. And that was God. And, and, you know, he, he brought me through it. Uh, you know, and, uh, now every day I wake up, I pray, pray in the morning. I thank God for an, another day, and every night that I go to bed, I pray once again that everything was good, and look forward to tomorrow. That's beautiful, man, Jim. That's that's discipleship, bro. First time caller, way to go, Jim. You're in the boom crew, bro, dog. I love yeah. you. Go to battle with oh, you any I, day. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Wow. Quit blaming everyone else. You realize, oh, this is on me. It's a powerful revelation. Oh, man. What about you? When did you realize that you were your own worst enemy? Uh, let's go to Al calling in from Chicago. Good morning. Um, I would say that I was delivered of alcoholism and drug addiction in 2018. But I will say that pride had taken over my life by thinking that I never could be delivered from my past and the addiction that I had been struggling with. But I picked up the owner's manual of life, which is the Bible. Mm. And I read Luke ten nineteen that says, we have all the power and authority over the enemy of our soul. Wow. And those words just transformed me where we don't have to let the enemy win. He is a defeated foe at the cross. And I'm so thankful t- today that I'm sober and I'm alive. Yeah, way to wow. go, Al. Good word, man. Pride kept him stuck. Mm. Wow. Steven in Chicago, what do you say, man? Yeah, hi. My problem was I always thought life was something that happened to me, and everything that happened bad was bad luck. And I never took responsibility or tried to make change because I thought, why bother? But then two verses came together that changed my perspective 100%. The one was in somewhere in Romans, I think, chapter 7. It says that, in me, that is in my flesh, there is no good thing. And then Jesus said, I think in John, without me, you can do nothing. That is nothing worthwhile or lasting or good. And reading those two verses, God spoke to me and said, you can't do anything. You're only going to generate bad by your own efforts. But look to me and depend on me and I'll bring something good through your life, help you to make the right decisions. And my life was completely changed. My perspective was completely changed with those two verses to, to turn away from myself and to turn toward the Lord. Yeah. Way to go, Stephen. Way to go. Boom, guys. Wow. That's good stuff. It's just, this is just discipleship, man. We're just following Jesus here today. Yeah. It's all we're putting on display. Here's the tough thing in life. Two things that can exist at the same time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is what's difficult. We live in a world full of sin and pain. Yes. And all we like sheep have gone astray, each to his own way. We live in a world with unprovoked evil. Absolutely. And yet... We're all born with our backs to God. We live in a world with ravaging, soul-crushing enemies all around us. 
And yet, the power of Christ is at hand for those who will, in the face of the ravaging pain and evil that's been done to them, still humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. Because the, the reality for all of us is that we're born with our back to God. We're born into sin. That is our condition from the very beginning. And that has to be dealt with. We have to deal with our own sin. Yeah. And well, and we can't. We can't deal with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And again, we've got a we've got a blog for you to this is a good discussion, and I'm glad I've gotten some feedback here on text messages that have been really good here. And I think what we've done in in the church is we've left this high ridge when it comes to the enemies within and the enemies without, from the outside and from the inside. And we need to climb to this high ridge and understand, don't fall off the ridge of self-loathing. I am the worst piece of junk this world has ever seen. And don't fall off the other ridge, which is everyone's done me wrong and I can't get a fair shake in life and there's nothing I can do about it. We climb up to the high ridge that says, I'm a sinner that lives in a sin-sick world, and my Savior came to set me free from them and me. Yeah. Both. That's, That's the weird tension here. And I know, by the way, I can't even tell you how much I know. I know the the. The reflexive, it's like the doctor that thumped your knee when you were a kid in for the physical. I always got such a kick out of that. I'm like, (laughs) how? And I used to play with it. Dr. Jones or Dr. Manweller would give me my annual athletic physical and I'd go in and they'd pull out that little red rubber thumper on a little stainless steel hand handle. And I would tell myself every year, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Keep your leg from kicking out when your knee gets thumped. I never told them that, but I thought I'm going to not do it. Could you? Doink. Could you? No. That thing, every time I tried to resist it, it'd fling up further. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. We reflexively tend to look at what's been done wrong to us. We supernaturally look at what we've done to others. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. We reflexively go, I mean, I'll I'll tell you straight up in here, I could reflexively go, ah, well, he did me wrong there that minute ago. Yeah, sure. I can supernaturally go, what about me? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And... I think that this topic can be so touchy. Oh, it's that, touchy. That people can think when we're saying that we're our own worst enemies, that we are never supposed to address the things that were done That's wrong a good to point. us. Of course. Uh, or, you know, if we talk about the things that were done wrong to us, we're never supposed to address ourselves. No, we, we have to find the high ridge. Yes, people have hurt us. I've been hurt. Carl, Allie, you've been hurt. Everybody here, you've been hurt by somebody else. And, and many listening far more than we could imagine or absolutely, stomach. Yes. And I'm so sorry for what you've experienced. There's a high ridge, however, where we can acknowledge I have been hurt by other people. However, I also do a lot of pain to myself. Both. And I need to address that. That's too. the high ridge. Yep. And I think in in kind of the therapeutic model of kind of non-Christocentric, non-Bible opened we can get into a, boy, I've been victimized by a bunch of evil people sure. out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the self-loathing, dysfunctional Christian model, and by in the beta Satan, we can get into, I'm an evil person, I'm awful, it's all about me. No. Both climb up that ridge and understand we live in a sin-sick world, people have hurt you, and if we look in the mirror when God deals with that person right there, overcoming the evil that's been done to me is within reach. Yeah. And the thing is, even if you cannot think of a single thing that you have ever done to any other person, let's say in theory it were possible that you had never wronged anyone, 
we are still born with our back to God. Our ultimate transgression is against God. Yeah. Not even against people. So we have to make peace with God because our default state is to be an enemy of God. Yeah. And and I, I love what uh, Ryle in Holiness says, that the closer you get to God, the more awful you perceive yourself to be. Yeah. I mean, any notion that if you have to scrutinize your heart for what you've done wrong in your life, there's a one answer for that. We just got to get closer to the Lord. J.C. Ryle in his book, Holiness, just nails that, you know, the, the holiness of God reveals so much of our own sin, but so much of the power of God to overcome the sin that's been done to us. And, you know, the motive of this conversation is what? Let me just tell you. Closing the gap between where you're living today and the, and the, the fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely. Closing the gap between where we're living today and that joy in spite of what knuckleheads and evil people have done to us. <laughs> and you know how we do that? By saying, God, search me, know me, try me, see if there'd be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. A lot of me's in there. Yeah. And that's two verses at the end of Psalm 139. Isn't that something? Absolutely. Your number one hub for freedom stories. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, taking your calls if you can hang. Oh, boy. All right, here's what we got to do. We're going to open up phone lines. We've got nine lines available right now. When did you realize that you were your own biggest enemy? Yeah, lots of things had been done in your life. Lots of circumstances were less than ideal. But you got to a point where you went, you know what? I got to deal with me my own sin, my own junk. I got to make peace with God. 312-274-9624. And I think I'm thinking about this because uh, my bride had a counselor who was just an amazing woman of God. Her name's Muriel Cook, and she went on to her reward. And I mean, Norman Muriel had a rockin' marriage. And Muriel got a hold of my bride, and my bride had gone through some tough stuff. I don't feel the liberty to share it, it, but it was... It's her story, but she's like, she just went through some crazy stuff growing up. A lot of, I'll put it this way, a lot of in the culture that she was in, there was some, there was some real spiritual confusion. Let's Mm -hmm. just say it that way. I can say that. And she began to meet with Muriel and Muriel would open up the Bible And then she would tell Janine, here's an assignment. And after about, I think it was like a couple of years, Janine came to Muriel and said, why'd you choose me? She says, I didn't. I just gave you things to keep working on yourself spiritually. And you kept doing what I gave you. Hmm. She said, I'll work with anyone who does what I coach him to do. Wow. But here's what Muriel did. Muriel would give my bride truths to process pain from the path and truths to process the pain of the rebellious nature that we all had and have against Christ. Foolish man that I am, that which I want to do, I don't do, and that which I do, I don't want to do. Who will save me from this body of sin and death? A lot of debate about that passage out of Romans 7 as to when it was said and who it's said about. But suffice it to say, the battle for taking off the old man and putting on the new has very little to do with the evil that's being done to us. It has to do with this internal battle with our own stuff. Yeah. It just does. I, as a pastor, advocate deal with the pain that's happened to you all the way to the bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. But don't stay at the bottom. And the way to come up out of the bottom is after you've processed all that under the Lordship of Christ, then go, oh boy, I'm a piece of work too. And it's a healthy thing to say it. Man, it's a healthy thing to say it. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Ken from Chicago. Ken, when did you realize that you were your own worst enemy? 
Hey, um, yeah, so a couple years ago, sorry, my phone is now. It's okay, man. We got you. We got you. We got you, Ken. Uh, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, I started uh, reading the Bible while listening to it because I drive to work a lot. Um, in the Bible, it, it talks a lot about uh, anger and how, you know, it's a foolish, foolish thing, you know, and uh, uh, fools even find refuge in their own anger. Yeah. I believe that says that in Proverbs, right? Yep. Um, so I prayed. I looked at myself and, you know, uh, quite honestly, the the Lord took a lot of that away. Hmm. I don't get worked up the way I used to. I used to just fly off a handle over the dumbest things, you know, and uh, people around me. But they're like, what the heck, you know? But, yeah, you know, that that's what the Lord did to me. And I, I that took a hard look at myself, you know, to actually realize that that's who I was. Ken, you're a man's man, and I mean that. Let me tell you why, and I want to keep you here a second, Ken, because you're the first one to call in on this topic today, because this is a tough one. It is. It's a really hard one, and it's been like, feels like opposition to make it clear, and and it's, Ken broke Ken, through it. <laughs> Ken, 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 you really nailed this. So, isn't it easy, Ken, to justify anger when you look at all the stupid things that are happening or the evil that's been done to us? Isn't that easy? I, that's almost the easier oh, thing to yeah. do, isn't it? it? It's so easy. It's so easy. And, you know, I didn't have an easy life at all. And that's that's where a lot of the anger derived from, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just had to shed all of that. You know, I just, you know, and it's still there. It, it didn't go anywhere. But, but it's. You're not feeding the, the beast, the feelings, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, you know, I'm not gonna say I don't get worked up still. Yeah, I still do, but not the way I did. You know, just it's it's a lot more tamed. You know, and that that's that's the moral of the story. You know, it's just the Lord blessed me with the ability to kind of control it a yeah. lot better. I mean, I you know, my whole life I've talked to people, you know, counselors stuff like that and I've chased people out of my life with this you know and now it's like now people are coming to me almost Ken you know, let, me, let me tell you something Ken. kind of weird let me tell you something Ken you are the kind of you're 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 the you're the poster boy and I mean this for what discipleship is all about I'm not kidding you Ken you know why you don't spit you're not you're not throwing out these eloquent theological terms you're talking about every man, every woman's battle in Holy Spirit ways. And what you said, Ken, was right on. God's given me. the. Uh, I think you said God's given me. Well, how do you say it? Young Thunder, you got great recall. God's yeah. given me what? How God's he... given me the ability yep. to control this, which I think is cool because we recognize, yeah, there is something that we do, which is following God, but we take the ability he's given us and we do something with it. Yeah. So when God gives you that ability, you do something with it, Ken. And that's really cool. So we're excited yeah. for you. Yeah. And Ken, you must, to be honest with you, you're speaking to thousands and thousands of people right now who have an anger problem. And your oh, test, yeah. your testimony, it's a real thing. I see it on the road all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me ask you a question, Ken. It's a real thing. Wouldn't you say, though, that your joy is immensely deeper because of God giving you victory over your anger? 100%. Joy and peace, it's there. Yes. That's so 100%. cool. 100%. And it all started with me downloading an app, you know? Well, now you better tell us you know, what the that, app that's is. Where it all started. Uh, I, it's on the Android app. It's Holy Bible. Yeah, the Bible I, app. Oh, the Bible app. Oh, love it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, uh, Ken, you're a man's man. I'd go to battle with you any day, big dog. I mean it. I would. I'd go far. to battle with you any day. Stay on the horn. We're going to get you a yeah. Carl and Crew prize pack. Okay, Ken, hold on. Okay. Thank you, man. Ken from Chicago. Boom. Boom, boom. I don't know what it is about the Kins of this world. I dig these guys. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful for Ken's call because you, if you really heard his story, his anger was rooted in his upbringing. Things he, that he, his anger yeah. was 
justified in the sense that he had people to be angry with. Yeah. But it was when he went to the word of God and went, okay, I'm seeing the word of God. I'm seeing what's coming out of me. I am responsible for me. Beautiful, wasn't it? I can't deal with everybody else. They got to answer for themselves. And God is a just God. Yeah. Listen, Ken's story is discipleship. Laying yourself before a holy God that give you the power to overcome something that is not giving you satisfaction. It's not giving you joy. It's stealing you blind. That's discipleship, man. We get all the fancy definitions we want, but Ken is exhibit. He's a poster boy of discipleship in one area of life, anger. Yep. And you're right, Allie, because he didn't even, he just kind of gave a nod to the fact that, yeah, I got an upbringing that gave me a lot of reasons for anger. Oh, I can only imagine what that is. It's probably sure. ugly. Yeah. When he looked at himself. Boom. With the word of God in front of him and his ears coming through the app, it was like, okay, the word of God, I got to deal with that. I got to deal with me. 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 We are not discounting pain. We're not discounting abuse. We're not discounting evil. But we're saying abundant, living Christ followers can and must look in the mirror at the same time. It's a fact. It's just a fact of life. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, we got, let's come right back to the beginning here. We are going to have freedom when we can understand who the greatest enemy is in our life. There was a phenomenal blog put out here on Desiring God by a pastor who is uh, from Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Great guy. It's called The Greatest Enemy of the Church. And let me read a section of this to you because this is worth it here. Let me get down here. And then we're going to have this link for you. Now, this is hard hitting. And this is not denying the fact that we live in a sick, evil world and there's a lot of been, been a lot of pain on us. But this is theologically spot on. And it all flows out of Judges 21, 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And can I draw a spiritual metaphor off this verse right now? And in this day, if you don't have a King Jesus, you will do what is right in your own eyes. Oh, yeah. You will. So let me read two paragraphs for you. Friends, the greatest threat to the church is not ISIS or Planned Parenthood. It's not Hollywood. It's not the atheist professors who ruin the faith of our sweet Christian college freshmen, parenthetically, who must not have been truly Christian in the first place if they fell away so quickly. And the greatest enemies are not secular politicians and Supreme Court judges or greedy corporations who hurt the poor and destroy the environment. These challenges are real. The reality of babies killed, chopped, sold as scrap metal is evil. And the Canaanite general, Sisera, who, quote, opposed the people of Israel cruelly, end quote, and raped captured women was evil too. However, it was when the people of God, quote, abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth, end quote, when their faith lost its purity and fidelity, and when internal, not external, idolatry became pandemic, that the cookie crumbled. That's great writing, by the way. Yeah, it is. He goes on to say this. If we want to know the worst enemy, the one that, apart from the sustaining grace of God, could eternally destroy us, then we must look in the mirror. Doing so won't be easy. It will be uncomfortable. But a long look into our souls and indwelling sin might catch our melanoma while it's early. And if it does, praise God, we have the gospel for our healing. Some heavy-duty stuff right there, man. That's some heavy-duty stuff, but it's absolutely spot on. It, I mean, it, it really is. And 
we have to get to the point where we see ourselves rightly, that we are born with our back to God, that yep. we are born into sin. And I got to be honest, this was something that I didn't, I didn't see convincingly for a lot of years. I didn't see myself as really the problem because I was a really good kid. Thanks for sharing that, Ellie, because that's important. It, it People is. People need to hear that. I was a good kid. I didn't get into trouble. I was a straight A student. I was the teacher's pet, whatever label you want to put. You weren't out going crazy. No, no, I was a very good kid. And so much so that there was like this kind of self-righteous where I, I've been to church. I knew the gospel, but I didn't really, wasn't convinced that, that I needed it because my life looked pretty good. Yeah. But I had to get to a point where it was like, no, 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 no. All this, ex- the external trappings of achievement, success, like you, you got a problem that going on in your heart, the thoughts, all the motives, all of that yeah. stuff that nobody else sees. Yeah. You got to deal with that. Somebody just asked a question here, Allie, where can I find what Carl just read? We're going to get that link to you in just a moment here. We've got a link for you for this whole blog and it's powerful. When I read this, I'm like, we got to get to the, this to the boom crew. Somebody just said this because we asked the question. What's the question again, Allie? Taking your calls on this one, by the way. When did you realize that you were your own worst enemy? This is great. Somebody just texted this in. When I started to realize that I was the common denominator. Mm. You know, I had a guy come to me for counsel one time, and he says, uh, you know, I've been coming to you for marriage counseling, and I I just, I'm going. I just, I just, I'm leaving her. And I don't know if I hearken back to something I heard once upon a time or what, but I said, bro, you just need to know when you jump from her to another one, you go with you wherever you go. And I can tell you it ain't going to go well. And he got so mad at me. (laughs) I said, you can get as mad at me as you want, but I know you well enough to know that the stuff you're dragging with you into this next relationship is going to happen again. That's what this brother here said. When I started to realize I was the common denominator, I realized, holy smokes. Every situation that's going wrong, I'm the only one who's in every one of them. Yeah. That's a big thing and a a great thing to realize. Because that's hard to see. It takes a level of emotional intelligence that only the Holy Spirit can provide. But baby, it is is it powerful. Now, let me put a caveat. Is this are we are we neglecting or somehow excusing? Are we neglecting dealing with or somehow excusing the pain and abuse of a childhood or some horrific act? No, not at all. But at the foot of the cross, God can sort through the pain of horrific things that have happened to us and the pain of our own sin that we afflict upon ourselves and others. And the funny thing about this is when God deals with the latter, it actually helps the former. That's what's crazy. We want to hear your story this Freedom Friday. When did you realize that I'm my own worst enemy? 312-274-9624. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. I got to tell you, over the next about three, four months, we're going to see a lot of big, cool additions, changes, tweaks to Carl and Crew Mornings. It's going to be pretty sweet, guys. Yeah. All the same team's going to be here, but we're going to be adding some bells and whistles that are really cool. Can't get into it, even though I'm one that is want to share. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks for that laugh, Allie. Uh, you you do. You get big I'm, news. I want you... to share, man. If I got some news, baby, we're not going to sit on it too long. No doubt. But uh, we do have some news that we can share with you today and That's to right. set it up. Allie, take it away. Well, I need a little bit of uh, a little bit of music for this one. I got you. As you do know or don't know, I love a good dad joke. Laughs at our own material. I All laugh the time. harder at my own material than I've ever gotten anyone else to laugh, but... <laughs> oh, I'll laugh at that because it's true. It's true. I laugh more at Allie's laughing about her own joke no, than the she joke. Did. She'll laugh so hard, tears are coming down her face. Yeah, oh, it's it, true. I, I, am, I cry when I laugh, so that makes it even more embarrassing because <laughs> it makes it look like I'm laughing too hard, and it's just a reflexive response. I got a couple jokes for you today. 
These are uh, some a little Bible humor. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I know. Typically, I I go different direction. Yeah, you don't normally. Go I here. think these are kind you of funny. You think these are good ones? Yeah. Okay. So the first one. Which, it's not the first car. Tell me it's not that. No. Okay. No, good. I'm glad it's not because that would have been one bad. Accord. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that that was not one of them. That's horrible. Which Bible character was the most fit? Oh, no, this is good. Which Bible character was the most fit? Well, I would think Samson, but it doesn't go well with a joke. No, nope, Somebody not who's a Hittite because he did hit training? No, I <laughs> like that one too, though. It was Absalom. Absalom. <laughs> I actually like that one. I like okay. it. Okay. That's good. Uh, joke number two. What did the classmate say when they asked him, why do you keep walking next to the same girl? Every day you're walking next to the same girl. Why? Hmm. I don't know. What did he say? I was told I'm supposed to walk by faith. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty good. I like that. And the last one for today. Oh, here we go. Is this a Bible one too? This is a Bible one. I'm going all Bible today. (laughs) What did Adam say when he was asked, what's your favorite holiday? Adam, what's your favorite holiday? What did he say? Favorite holiday. Hold on. I don't even. I don't know. I can't. I, I can't think of guess. any clever answers to that. Of course, it's Christmas Eve. Oh, <laughs> you get it? Yes, you get I don't it. Get it, Allie? Can you explain it? Oh, yeah. Can you explain? If you have to ask, do we get it? We're just groaning at that. Okay, one. so all of this <laughs> precedes the announcement. Oh, that big is announcement by popular demand or just my own force of will. <laughs> force of will. We are gonna. <laughs> a joke segment is coming as a weekly feature here on Carl and Crew Mornings. Like it or love it or hate it. I'm going to be bringing a couple of fun jokes once a week. Wednesdays are the day for this segment. The segment yes. is called... Allie thinks it's funny. Yep. Coming at you Wednesdays, <laughs> 635 and 835. So I good. will have a couple jokes for you. You'll be able to text the keyword, get the jokes if you choose to share them. But that starts next Wednesday, 635 and 835. It's called... Allie thinks it's funny. There you go. Because whether you do or not, she sure does. <laughs> Allie thinks it's funny. There you go. You missed the last joke. Too bad they're 11. <laughs> uh, too bad. Oh, my goodness. So every Wednesday at 635 and 835. That's right. Katie, bar the door. Yes. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, all right. We're going to do a whole segment on beavers here one day, okay? We're going to do it. One whole segment. People are explaining how big the chisel teeth are on these things. They're big. I mean, a good full-size adult beaver has like one-inch chompers right across the front. It's pretty cool. It can flat bear down on these trees. Got a question for you, though. When did you realize you were the problem? Willie in Chicago, what do you say, Willie? I was listening to the broadcast. I listen to it every day. But when I recognized that I was the problem, I had got to the bottom of what I was doing, and nobody made me do nothing that I did. You know, I was using drugs and taking things that didn't belong to me. Just to keep it kind of normal, somebody put me in the trunk of a car in sub-zero weather. And, and I, they hadn't came out with that little latch back then. And I was in the trunk of the car. And I recognized that did nobody, they didn't put me in the trunk for something that they did. They put me in the trunk for something that I, I did. did. Yeah. Well, my mother and father, they were evangelical Christians, uh, uh, apostolic Christians. They, they knew Jesus. My mother and them was looking, listening to Moody when I was a boy. And I'm 76 years old. Yeah. But listen to this. When I recognized that it had to be, I was my biggest problem, is when I got out of the trunk and I had the Boom. keys in my pocket. You Boom. see what I'm saying? Oh, I hear what I you're saying, Willie. I got out Willie. of the trunk of the car and I had the keys in my pocket. Yeah. So I knew it had to be, then came Jesus then. See, I get the glad glass when I think I know about what Jesus brought me from. I love, I love your program, man. I, I, I get the glad glass and I tell everybody about it. And some people come to me, Willie, we heard you on the Moody Bible. We heard you. Listen, God been so good to me. If his name wasn't Jesus, I would wonder how he got room to be good to you. I, I got 
Yeah, I know, Willie. You got to go because you got the glad glass. <laughs> Willie, you can call in here anytime, anytime, whenever. Oh. That's Willie from Chicago. That's fantastic. Love yeah, what a metaphor. I realize that I'm in the trunk because mm. I got myself here. Mm. See, when you can realize that when you look in the mirror, the biggest challenge in your life is staring you back. You've had a breakthrough, my friend. You've had a breakthrough. Man. Get in one more. Angel, first time caller. Tell us, man, when did you realize you were the problem? Uh, when I couldn't, couldn't stop uh, drinking, um, I always blamed on everybody else. Um, uh, my sister helped me to become Christian, and after I, I become Christian, everything started changing. I realized that I was a problem, and and I accept Christ in my heart, and um, and things are moving forward. Uh, right now, I have a court, and uh, and I'm, I'm I have a lot of faith in God that this. Uh, probably go away. If not, God has a plan for me. Yeah, Angel, he does, man. And I love you, bro. And thank you for calling in. When you realize that I'm the problem, look out, man. Everything can change. Amen. Oh, and that Jesus is the answer. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.